Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined by mm, not Matt Basinger. No. Uh, Andrew Carter, Let It Fly Media. Here and, we are. And we're in your own business studios right yeah, now. Yes, yeah, so this is very exciting. Although this is, what, the third show I've done, so we're starting to get the reps up. I don't know if I can do the intros right, so we might leave it to you. You're but, still an amateur. Yeah. Definitely. Um, we're joined excited. in your studios by Miss Jackie Wise of Prize Bank. Hi, Jackie. And today's guest is Mark Delator. Mark's the CEO of SBD Housing Solutions. Mark, real estate's going to be a big topic. We're here in October of 2022. Get ready. Welcome to the show. Cheers, mate. Uh, good to be here. Tell us about SBD Housing Solutions. What do you guys do for the listeners? Well, let me uh, answer the question by asking you a question. Have, do you guys invest in real estate? Do you own rental property? I wish I did. There you go. So everyone that I talk to is always like, man, I wish I could invest in real estate, but it's the time, the hassle, the knowledge. So what we do at SBD is work with, you know, high income, high net worth individuals that would like to diversify some of their portfolio into real estate, but they don't know how, they don't know why, they just don't have the time. So we facilitate that process for them. So our clients love that they can be hands off, passive investors and buy as much real estate as they want. So are you finding the deals or are you putting together a group that invests in a developer's vision and you are more or less the master investor and then I can just own a little piece of you managing my investment? Yeah, so there's several ways to invest. Um, the very most basic is just that we actually just go find a house, we buy it, we rehab it, we get it rented out, and then we'll sell it to Andy and say, Andy, you've always wanted to buy uh, real estate investments. Here's one for you. It's rehabbed. It's got a tenant in place. It's a cash flowing rental property. We like to call them ATM machines, right? It's just a, a house is just a box that money comes out of. And as long as you have good property management to keep it primed at the pump, it'll keep, keep spitting out cash. And so um, you can just buy one house at a time. We also do multifamily syndications where we do kind of pull investor funds and go buy some bigger deals. We just did a, um, you know, a big $40 million um, student housing uh, project that we bought up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So we're presented with opportunities all the time. We're kind of deal guys. We go find the deals and then we, um, you know, offer them up to our investor base to get started in their real estate investing journey. So I was going to ask that, where are your properties? How many locations do you have properties and where are your investors typically? Yeah, so we're a Kansas City company, right? So we're, um, you know, started here and we have, I don't know, um, 600 rental property in Kansas City. And then there's about 100 um, in Alabama, um, just kind of a different market. It's a long story how we got there. But we have those two markets right now, Kansas, Missouri and Alabama. And then our apartment complexes are all over the country. We have them in Arizona, uh, Georgia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania and North Carolina. So kind of the big boy deals, you can go just where the deals are and then you you outsource the management. But our firm manages all of the single family duplex and, and fourplexes that are, uh, you know, in and around Kansas City and Alabama. So let's say I've got a certain amount of money just to really dumb it down for everybody. I want to own an investment property. I say, hey, Mark, here's $25,000. I then own a piece of an entity or of an no. investment that you are managing and you're the general partner of, or you're literally selling me the property and then you're moving on to the next thing. Exactly. So we, well, we sell the property to you, but we stay in the deal only in the fact that we're managing it for you. So it's your house, you own it. If you choose to sell it next year or 10 years or, or keep it forever, it's your house. We just tie in the property management on the back end so you don't have to deal with the headaches of, you know, landlord tenancy stuff. So, yeah, you're building a portfolio. I mean, the idea for us was, look, everyone wants to, and it kind of comes back to how I got started, right? It's like I was buying from 2001 through 2008, 
and was buying for myself. I had a lot of rental property, um, but in 2008, the world turned. Banks were no longer lending. And, um, you know, it was a challenge for us to continue to flip houses and, and buy and hold rental property. So the way I got through that downturn is I pivoted and said, all those guys that have been telling me, oh man, if you ever find a deal that, that you don't want, um, let me know. And so I reached out to them. I'm like, hey, did you mean it? And they're like, yeah, 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 I'm pretty liquid. And so I just effectively said, hey, look, if you um, have the money, I'll do all the work. You put up the capital. The house will be yours. So you have the security of knowing that it's your house. Right. Um, I already have the crews. I've got the acquisition structure because we're buying foreclosure properties. We're the largest um, accumulator or buyer of, of, uh, of foreclosure properties in Jackson County. And so we would just buy a ton of undervalued assets at 30, 40 cents on the dollar in other people's names. And we would just kind of clip the ticket along the way, you know, get a real estate commission, get the property management commission, get the, you know, the, the rehabbers, effectively a, a general contractor's commission. So just making small fees. Then as we escalated and grew, it became a little more professional, you know, the way that we addressed it. And so now we buy all the assets ourselves. We rehab them to take the risk out of it for the investor. So we buy it, we rehab it, we get it rented out. And then we sell it to our investor base. And we do that a couple hundred times a year. And then real quick for anyone that's listening, and I'm sure people in Kansas City will say this sounds awesome to me. You know, how does it actually work once they own the property? And let's say there's a, a tenant in the property and there, there's rent, but you're still managing it. Is that a typical just engagement then where there, there's a monthly fee for yeah, you to manage Yeah, just 10% management fee. Okay. Yeah, and that's about it. So, um, yeah, we manage it just like a regular property management company does. Um, only we... We're, we're unlike other management companies where they would take anybody's property. You know, Jackie comes to me and said, Mark, I've got five rentals. Can you manage them for me? I'd say, hey, politely, no, that's not what we do. We only manage our properties that have the same flooring, the same granite, the same cabinets, the same paint. So there's economies of scale that we benefit from having put in the same materials throughout every property for the last, you know, four or five years. So then what about the actual debt or the mortgages on the property? All in your, all in the investor's name. So the invest, we introduce them to bankers that are, you know, lined up like to, Emprise? oh, well, have, fancy Emprise. that. Yeah, best the best bank. in the business. Yeah. So yeah, we have local banking relationships where they can um, just, you know, we'll introduce them. They'll get their own credit lined up because again, we're just presenting them an opportunity. They've got to get their own financing. I like to say, Andy, that SPD housing is like a, a car that's kind of powering towards your wealth and, and financial freedom. But the fuel, that the gasoline that takes the car to move is your cash. So the more cash you have, the more you, you know, the quicker you get powered down that road. But yeah, you line up the financing and the capital to put down. So most of bankers now, it's say 20, 25% down, you get, a, you know, you leverage um, and and you you start buying houses. So is that one in which, you know, you're sort of putting together the investment memo package for the bank saying, hey, here's, you know, here's all the stuff that you would need in order to give the bank so that it's truly the easy button. And it's like, Jackie, Andy, Andy, Jackie, please talk. Jackie has the investment memo on the property. Jackie says, great, Andy, fill out this credit application for you personally, and we call it a day. Bingo. Or is it, hey, go find a bank and let yeah, us know no. whenever you're done. No, I mean, we, we've found that what our investors appreciate is the ease and convenience with which they can invest. I mean, let's face it, as you grow up um, and you start making some some cash, you, you're, you're introduced to a financial advisor that your golf buddies with, or someone says, hey, talk to this guy and you're pitching on, hey, I'll do everything for you, right? Financial advisory firm. And we're not anti-financial advisory firm, but we are um, fans of diversification. And in the same way that you can hit the easy button and just you know, have money taken straight out of your check that goes into the stock market, we've tried to make it where once someone has accumulated a sizable amount of money, call it you know, 50 or 100 grand, they can actually buy an investment property by hitting the easy button. I mean, we have investors in 
Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Germany, China, I mean, just all over that, um, you know, are using our firm to invest in real estate. Now, having said that, there's tons in America, obviously, but I mean, we pivoted in 08. The irony here, you know, when, when Walmart has a sale, everyone goes running 50% off. In 2009, America was screaming, our dollar is cheap and our housing is on sale. And every American person I was talking to was like, oh my God, I would never invest in real estate right now. So we just had the foresight to say, hey, we believe in America, we believe in housing, we believe that this will come back. So we kind of pivoted with a ton of international investors initially. And then, um, so that got us through the downturn when most domestic investors were saying that they didn't want to touch it. And they're so- They're happy right now. <laughs> they're, they're very, very happy. I mean, they've tripled in value, you know, we're buying so cheap, but um, you know, it's always a good time to buy. And so most of our uh, investment now comes from, you know, Americans, right? Um, dentists, doctors, lawyers that are in New York, California, Florida, Vegas, um, Pittsburgh. I mean, they're just saying, hey, look, you know, these are not good markets to buy in because there's so much volatility and it's so expensive. You just can't get cash flow. But the beauty of the Midwest, I mean, we are sitting on a gold mine here in Kansas City. You've got great rents on a very diverse, you know, $2.3 million population base with a diverse econ economy with all kinds of different businesses that are thriving and growing with net positive migration. So rents are going up and real estate's cheap. I mean, the land itself is so cheap because we're not, you know, landlocked by mountains or, or you know, major rivers or oceans or anything. And, and so there's no, you can sprawl very quickly. So, you know, farmer blogs in, in Oak Grove, Missouri, you can just, you know, throw up a new subdivision and hey, he's got 400,000 houses out there, you know, it's just cheap land. Right. So Let's let's transition for a second. Let's talk about you, Mark. Mm. What's your background? Obviously, you have an accent. Tell us the story of sort of your upbringing, how you ended up here in Kansas City, how you decided that you sort of talked about how real estate got started with you or how you started this concept. But just sort of walk us through how you became who you are today. Sure. Um, I have been blessed um, by having amazing parents. Um, you know, what is divorce rate 60% or something right now? Um, my parents are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary this year. Um, they were always the parents um, that encouraged us to just chase our dreams, right? So I see that, like, I don't want to undermine that. I think that it's one of the greatest things and one of the greatest challenges I have now as a dad is trying to instill upon my children, um, you know, that they can do anything they want to do. They got to work hard, um, right. but they can do anything they want to do. So I was born and raised in New Zealand. Um, my father was an airline pilot. Um, mom liked to say that my dad made all the decisions when we were in the air, but we're on the ground. It was her house, right? So really driven mother um, that, you know, pushed us all to, to succeed. Um, it's a pretty good tennis player, ranked in New Zealand, came over here on an athletic scholarship, um, had never been to Kansas City before, accepted a scholarship here at University of Missouri, here in Kansas City, um, had a great experience. I mean, I think Fortune favors the brave. You know, you just, I kind of just took a chance. Um, and uh, my parents said, yeah, it's great. Go, go, uh, you know, spread your wings and have fun. Did, I thought I'd come over here for four years and go home. Um, Classic Kansas City story. Yeah. So, you know, the Beach Boys, <laughs> you know, they're talking about the Midwest farmers' daughters. Um, I met one of those. And um, so, why, why, why Kansas City? So, uh, in fairness, the full ride tennis scholarship. But so, but, but why why UMKC well, yeah, with fair. someone so, from New Zealand? Yeah, so um, tennis is a very much a global sport. I mean, right. if you look down the NCAA rankings, it's it's a hodgepodge of every country in the world. And 
Um, certainly wasn't good enough to turn pro, but didn't want to give it up. I really enjoyed the sport and I saw it as a way to get a free education. So I wanted to come over here, get my undergrad, get my MBA. So I wanted to go to Division One school at a big, um, a, a, a not a small um, city. I didn't want to go to Evansville, Indiana or you know, Macomb, Illinois. Or, there you yeah. go. <laughs> and so D1 school, big city. Um, so I started looking on the coast and the California schools were like, yeah, what's your international tennis federation ranking? And I'm like, yeah, I don't have one. They're like, you shouldn't be looking over here. <laughs> you know? So just kept looking further east. I mean, you know, went to California because that's the closest one plane airline ride from uh, Air New Zealand uh, to California. And they have water and beaches. So I'm sorry that that didn't happen here. But. Bingo. Well, look <laughs> at the state of California. That's a different topic. But um, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a KC guy, man. Um, came over here. Um, long story short, got offers from like four or five universities, decided on Kansas City. Um, got an offer in Chicago. My parents were like, eh, that's kind of like a big boy city, you know, coming from a small country in uh, like New Zealand where there's only 5 million people to go to a city that has 6 million. It was a little scary. But no, I just kind of rolled the dice and, and ended up accepting the offer. And as luck would have it, uh, met my bride and, and uh, happily married for 22 years. So Mark, CEO of SPD Housing now, mm -hmm. that's how you got here. Um, yeah. You know, not all of us are fortunate like Andy Rieger to basically just not have to do anything anymore. And it's true. I just play video games I, all day. I think day. he plays video games. I, I, he does work on the bathrooms at Rieger. Those are really nice, by the way. Thanks. Appreciate um, it. But, good, good soft toilet paper. But what does Mark do on a given day now for SPD Housing? I assume you've grown staff. You've done. You've been successful. You told us your investors are winning. So what's a day in the life of you look like? Yeah, so we are very big on having two things. Every employee, you walk in our office and they'll tell you they do two things. My two things are big ideas and big relationships. So one of the things that's a challenge as a CEO is um, getting thinking time. Um, I read a lot. Um, you know, as I, I always quoting books and that of, uh, I have a lot of mentors. I've not met many of them. Um, in fact, how I got into real estate was by one of my mentors, Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it just inspired me. I always saw that as my my um, kind of exit strategy, right? Where that would be my wealth creation. Uh, so I started buying houses and then realized, well, I don't want to go, you know, work at Sprint or Cerner or something like that. It's just not who I am. And so I kind of pivoted into just doing it myself. So I've never worked in corporate, which is a blessing and a curse. I mean, there are people that are hired now that I'm like, man, how did you know to bite your tongue in that meeting or not say what you're <laughs> really thinking? They're like, oh man, it's corporate. I'm like, yeah, I didn't go there. I just say what I think. Um, but no, a day in the life for me, um, you know, setting the vision and strategy. I mean, we're in challenging times right now. So there's a lot of thinking yeah. going on about how we're going to pivot into, you know, seven or 8% interest rates. Um, I've heard Emprise is going to give us 5%. So that's great. No, I'm just kidding. What? I, heard, <laughs> I heard three. Three. Oh, yeah. Two and a half. That's perfect. Um, yeah, interesting times in real estate. So we're pivoting through it. But we have a, a business model that can stand the test of time. Um, at the end of the day, we offer, um, you know, turnkey done for you real estate investments. And it's and uh, as the market turns down, it's still a good time to buy. So let's sort of, I guess, sort of end with what we want to really talk about where we are today. It is October of 2022. Mm -hmm. You are in the real estate industry. What is sort of your vision for the next, whether you want to go out 12 or you want to go out 18, whatever it is, what's truly where you think we're going to end up here and what are going to be the big shockwaves that we experience as an economy? So that's a loaded question because um, I think, it has global impact as well as national and then micro in Kansas City alone. Um, Kansas City is always insulated from any of these major downturns, which is why I love being in the Midwest, right? I mean, I look back to 2009 and 10, and although there was a slew of foreclosures, um, 
rental real estate held really strong. And that's why I kind of doubled down on, on just buying rentals is because although you don't get these major upswings like you do in Florida and California, where your house can double in value in 10 years, you know, safely in Kansas City, your house will double in value in, in you know, 20 to 30 years. And so, um, you know, real estate's not the sexy thing. It's kind of buy and hold. I mean, it's a boring game that we play. All we're telling our investors is buy and hold and you'll just do fine and manage your property through that downturn. So to answer your question, in Kansas City, um, you know, we are going to see, uh, we've already seen about a 10% reduction um, of retail flips, although we buy a lot of uh, buy and hold rental opportunities. Obviously, we keep a pulse on the retail market because we do flip houses as well. Um, you know, we'll do maybe 30 a year, 30, 40 a year of just retail flips. So we kind of understand, you know, what the public is generally, um, you get a good pulse when you're putting stuff on the market, not for an investor you've got in your back pocket knowing he wants to buy these assets, but just put it out there and hopefully that Mr. and Mrs. Smith will come along and want to buy your house. So what are the trends? What are the hot areas? Um, and we've been discounting, um, quite frankly, just to, to get rid of product. Um, I think it's going to be a very bleak winter. Um, you know, COVID was a wreck for supply chain and, and rehabbing houses and labor specifically, even more so than, than getting appliances was just the guys that would actually install it. And, you know, we, we do it pretty well. We do it a couple hundred times a year. So, I mean, we, we understand how to flip a house, but that was challenging. So as we've come through COVID, as we see, you know, and now interest rates are coupled to um, just really slam the brakes on the economy. I think this winter is going to be bleak. And those that are speculating and, and sitting on inventory are going to get burned. Um, those that have a good exit strategy or multiple exit strategies or that are just going to buy and hold, it's always a good time, man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, we're bullish on what the market looks like. And long term, it, it, it's fine. Cyclical. You know, But yeah. for you and your specific business, I guess, I mean, is this sort of like Christmas? Um, not right now. I, I'll be honest, not right now. Like right now, right now is a challenge um, because, um, you know, we are um, not yet. There's there's a gap. Um, you know, we, you know, the old 10 speed bikes that you used to have, you know, in the old days where you had to change your gears and it wasn't like super smooth like it is that it was kind of that like grinding of the gears before they really clicked in. Like that's where we're at right now. It has not clicked in yet. There's a big gap between a seller's expectations of what they when we're trying to buy and acquire houses from direct sellers. So we sit in living rooms and have conversations like, hey, you're going through foreclosure or you inherited this house or you know, you, you've got an ugly house, right? And you haven't kept it up and that's fine, but now this is the value of your house. The gap between sellers' expectations and where we need to buy at is still great. Yeah. So those will likely not meet up um, in our mind or until probably you know, they, the sellers feel a little bit more pain in the market. And that will likely be February, March, April next year. So, um, yeah, right now we're just purging the balance sheet, getting rid of our inventory, you know, on the on the flip side and on the rental side, just just same old, same old, man. We're spitting out quality rental properties that investors appreciate and love. And we've got investors lined up ready to buy them. So, um, yeah, we're bullish on that. But um, no, it's not it's not roses. I mean, I think that time period of when our real estate opportunities will really abound will be, um, you know, next year. And I think through January, February, March of next year, I think we'll be really aggressively buying. Um, you know, we say it's, it's funny, you know, I'm a part of a lot of think tanks and real estate mastermind groups. And they're always talking about how, oh, man, that's there's so many rookies in the market right now. I can't wait for the downturn to, to really wash them out. Well, they don't get washed out in a day. They get washed out in about six months and we're not through it yet. So although everyone's been, you know, all of my buddies that, that flip hundreds of homes a year are, you know, eagerly waiting. Now they're like, oh, did we really wish this upon ourselves? This is kind of tough. I'm like, yeah, man, 
you know, a good time to be liquid, good time to have a smart business model and good time to have investors lined up ready to buy houses. So, Well, to ask the last question, I guess, do, in, do you want to ask it? Matt? Do you want to ask it? Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, Matt Basinger's favorite question. What is the best experience you've ever had in your life? The coolest, the coolest thing you've ever done. Cannot be kids, cannot be getting married. So can I go two? Two sure. quick ones then? Okay. I know I've got to be brief. Um, <laughs> the coolest experience I had uh, recently. So I'm big on um, 40th birthdays. Okay. So in 2017, I turned 40. And uh, my wife's like, do you want me to line up like a, a secret party for you or, you know, a, a, a party? And I'm like, no, honey, I'll, I'll take care of this one. This 40th is going to be big. So I put the 40, you know, by 20 marquee tent on the back lawn, um, invited, a, you know, got a live band, a food truck, like did it right. You know, I had all my buddies, all my friends had a big blast so much so that everyone's like, that was all, oh, that was like the best party of the year. You should do it again. I'm like, you know what? You only live once, mate. Why, why not just do it again? And so I had my second annual 40th and then my third annual 40th. Oh. So now the joke is hashtag forever 40. You know, anytime someone, if I'm around a group of buddies and someone says, well, Mark, how old are you? Everyone starts laughing because they know I'm going to say I'm 40 years old, even <laughs> though I just turned 45. But yeah, I'm, uh, so every year I have a 40th birthday party in the backyard, invite everyone over, you know, just uh, treat everyone right. It's a fun time. So that's a cool experience that we get to do over and over. By the way, you're not the first person that I've heard that has oh, really? a no massive way. 40th blowout. And then everyone is like, gotta hey, do it again. We're doing this again. <laughs> um, the other thing that I did that again, I'm a, just a celebrate life guy. I enjoy just, you know, special occasions. Um, I, and my, my, as you know, I'm, I'm, Deeply passionate about my family um, back home in New Zealand. I'm the only one that's still over here. All my family back home, super successful, really proud of them, what they're doing over there. But um, when I had when I had our 20th wedding anniversary, I wanted to, to do something cool. And, and my wife had been talking about renewing her vows and that kind of thing. And so we actually went down to Mexico. And I don't know if you guys have done this, but down in Mexico, um, an, an Airbnb with co hotel concierge level service is, is kind of their done thing. If you kind of go all out, you can get this awesome six bedroom home that has a chef, a butler, a maid, and a, and a you know a, a groundskeeper. Um, and so it, it was an amazing experience that we went down. We took um, five of our couples, two that were in the wedding with us, and then two of our kind of more recent friends. And so there were six couples down there. We had an, had an awesome, epic week of just relaxing with them. We took a boat out. Um, this is down in Puerto Vallarta. We took a boat out on the ocean and, and just, just had a really, really cool experience. And I love you know, it's one thing to go as a couple, but when you share it with other couples, it becomes that epic trip and everyone, you know, just seeing the smile on their faces and, you know, we took care of everything and everyone's like, you know, that was just the best ever. And you do, you know, being able to um, create experiences mm -hmm. for your kids, for your friends, for your family is just one of the true joys in life. And uh, so that was an epic, epic week that um, we still look back on and you can't recreate those. Like those one, that's so special because we ended it with um, renewing our vows on the beach, you know, with the Mr. and Mrs. you know wooden signs and the and uh, then they lit up fireworks above our heads, just a private ceremony. I mean, it was it was an epic epic week, so we, that was pretty special. That's fun, and I actually feel like I need to do that now. Yeah, so that's awesome. I really want to go to Mexico now. That sounds awesome. <laughs> well, Mark, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing how you guys conquer and dominate 2023. Andrew, thanks for letting us be at the Let It Fly Media Studios. Anytime. Jackie, thanks for being here with us from Emprise. We'll see everyone next episode. Thanks, everybody.